Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Hey guys, and welcome into another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It is Anthony Pagnata back with you, and we are not here to talk about the recruiting that Mac Brown is doing. We're going to hold off. We're going to do that later this week because there is another commitment that could be on the horizon. Instead, today, we have a special guest on to talk about the NFL draft. It's our guy, Daniel Parlagreco, who is back with us. We do this every year for the last two years. Now he's back for a third year, and he's here to tell you about what has become a very very interesting group of prospects for the Tar Heels that are looking to go to the NFL this year. So, Daniel, uh, it's uh, it's another exciting draft. Uh, this year, uh, I think, oh, better than the last two years in terms of Tar Heel prospects. So, uh, it's, it should be fun going through some of those guys. But just overall, uh, this draft is phenomenal. And uh, I know you've been doing a lot of prep for it. So, uh, are you excited uh, as we close in on what should be just an amazing event out in Vegas this year where uh, they're going to make it an, an absolute event instead of just uh, guys getting here and their names called. Yeah, absolutely. It's very exciting. Uh, I think we're seeing each year the, the draft turn more and more into a media spectacle. I think we saw that with the Combine this year. Uh, it's really turning into such an event where it's uh, – geared to entertaining the fans, the average fans, and I think we're going to see that this year. We have a lot of really, really good prospects, though. We don't want the the media side of things to take away from the actual um, the football players that are going to be playing footballs on Sunday uh, coming up here in September. Well, the Torials will not hear, have anybody that will hear their name called on night one, so it's pretty much almost certain unless one of the guys decides to go out to Vegas just to have their name called on day two or day three that we won't see any of them up there on stage. But uh, there still are a couple of interesting prospects, and I think when you talk about the Torial guys in particular, the one that's really gained a lot of steam, especially since the Senior Bowl, is Jason Strobridge. When you look at him as a prospect, first, what kind of player is he? And, and second, do you think that the Senior Bowl and how well he performs 
performed has helped his draft stock and potentially made him a guy that w- 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 that once we thought was a day three pick for sure is, is now possibly on the cusp of going day two? Yeah, I think obviously his um, his combine, I mean not his combine, I'm sorry, his senior bowl week has really, really helped him. I think what you're looking at with Strobridge is he's a guy that's versatile. I think versatility is the name of the game with him. Whether you're playing an odd or an even front, he can play on your defensive line. Um, a guy that can play inside, outside. I think at the combine he measured 6'4", 275, good length. Um, so I think he, he's a guy that's going to, he's in the day two mix. I don't have him quite there. I think he's going to probably be early day three. But um, a guy that can do a lot, and I think the fact that you can put him in your defensive line rotation and use him as a uh, three-down player to play against the run or even rush the passer from the inside positions, I think it's going to make him attractive for, for teams of all schemes. Well, so we saw him at, at Carolina. You know, he, he kind of fit the, the 4-3 defensive tackle spot. And then yeah. this past year, the 3-4, uh, more of the 4-I technique defensive end spot. Out of those two, if you could see see him in a system that fits him a little better which one do you think would fit him um i i probably would actually i think he's a, he's ideally a three four five technique you know mm-hmm. defensive end he can uh, he can hold up at the point of attack i mean what you see on tape with the guy is he's got incredible thickness strength in his lower body and uh, he can take on multiple blocks he's excellent against the run not a guy that's going to um you know, that's going to completely dominate in one-on-one matchups or a guy that you want as your, your one-gap, uh, you know, penetrator. Even though he can do it, he's, he's more... Uh I would say he's best used taking on multiple blocks, playing the run. Mm-hmm. He can give you an occasional pass rush. I think what a sophomore year he had about five sacks. That was his best season. So um, he's a guy that can do a lot of things. But I think ideally with his size, his length, his strength, his lower body strength, I think a three-four a defensive end would be his best position. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought this past year uh, in in Jay Bateman's system, he he looked a lot more effective. Really looked like he was more comfortable with everything that was going on, being matched up and and having inside leverage against uh, a tackle and, and and some outside leverage against the guard as opposed to really lining up uh, you know head on against some guards and centers uh, his first couple of years on campus so you move from him you move on to the offensive tackle side and you go to a guy that came into Carolina as a tight end and really the athleticism has stuck for him but he has really turned into just a great pass protector and the, he's the son of a coach that's currently in the league actually a Super Bowl winning head coach um, in Andy Hex. So Charlie Hex, a guy that I think a lot of people look at and say he'll probably end up somewhere. Where do you think he's going to end up right now? Because I still feel like we're kind of uh, a, a little bit, a little bit confused on where he's expected to land because he had, didn't really have a bad Senior Bowl or Combine, but really didn't jump out. Where, where do you think he's at right now as we head towards April? You know, a guy that I, I like quite a bit. You know, I watched uh, quite a few games of him, and uh, like you said, he's not a guy that you're hearing a lot of. So what that says is he's probably going to go somewhere on day three. The question is, what do these teams think? And that's what we don't know. Um, I have I am going in the fourth round. That Maybe I'm a little bit higher on him than, than teams are. But like you mentioned, I mean, the guy's got all the length you want in the world. He's got uh, – he's the son of a you know former NFL offensive lineman. He's got good heritage. He's got – 
Uh, excellent athleticism, as you mentioned. You know, he's going to have some struggles, obviously, with his height. Being a guy six foot eight, he's going to have some leverage issues. He's going to have to keep uh, keep his pads down. He's going to struggle maybe against you know squattier built defensive linemen that are lower to the ground. But uh, I think the developmental upside is there. You know, you don't see a lot of bad reps on tape when you watch him. He's not a guy that's going to get you killed, despite the fact that he's um, you know he's still learning the position. But even the fact that he's learned the position, he's been a three year starter there at uh, for the Tar Heels. He's played mostly on the right side, but he you know we saw him play a little bit on the left side as well. So I think he's there's some developmental upside there. I think um, I think he's got the ability to. Be- to be a potential starter, you know, in a year or two with NFL coaching. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think uh, that, you know, a really good fit for him, I think, would actually be in Kansas City where he could kind of develop there. But, you know, when you look at him as an offense, as a guy that's a, that's an athletic offensive tackle, how important is that in, in, in what teams are, are, are wanting to do? Uh, you know, I look at a team, especially here um, in, the, in the Charlotte area, the Carolina Panthers, who have just such an athletic weapon out of the backfield and Christian McCaffrey. How important is it? now in the way that uh, these offenses are built, these spread offenses are built, to have those athletic offensive tackles? And and, and what can a guy that can pull the way that Charlie Heck can do on, on, on some of the run blocking that we've seen? How how important is that? And uh, that, how, how likely is it that an NFL team will look at that and, and see that as something that can propel him up boards? Absolutely. I think we're seeing the transition every year for NFL linemen getting more and more athletic. You're seeing leaner built offensive linemen. A guy like uh, like Heck, you know, that can get out in space. He's got the length to uh, make second level contact and get out in front of screens there. And uh, I think we're seeing we're seeing shorter dropbacks. We're seeing the ball getting out quicker. I think all these things are, are a positive thing for Heck. And I think he's um, he's got all the traits you want. Like I mentioned, he's got the length. He's got the athleticism. He's got the good feet you know does he maybe need to get a little bit stronger possibly he can he can stand there and put a little bit more weight on his frame but uh, his biggest issue like i mentioned with this height is gonna he's gonna have some leverage concerns um you know, dealing with the NFL squad, you built guys, but uh, I think he's he's a perfect fit for today's NFL. I think he can uh, he can play left side, right side, wherever you ask him, he's done it, and uh, he's only going to get better. So we'll finish up by talking about Miles Dorn, who I think is an interesting prospect. A lot of people I think are going to start to become infatuated with those guys that can kind of do a lot of different things for you. Um, Isaiah Simmons is the guy that everybody's talking about, and I'm not trying to compare Miles Dorn to him by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a guy that can do a lot of different things. He can play in the box for you. Uh, he, he's you know pretty much shown as of last year that he can cover in space if he needs to, even uh, you know hand playing against some of those slot receivers he really had no choice a year ago but didn't get the invite to the combine do you think that that ends up hurting his stock and maybe drops him out of a day three selection as we thought maybe he would be late in the season and and after he went to the east west shrine game or do you think that um he he ends up holding on to a day three spot and uh and and stays out of that undrafted group yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, we've seen guys in the past that have uh, knock-on combat invites get drafted. So we just don't know. I think he's he's obviously in that mix somewhere. I think, like you mentioned, he you know he should get drafted based on the film I saw. A guy that can do a lot of different things. Um, you know, he can play, like you mentioned, you know, the back half of this season. He played a lot of different roles. He played even almost as like a cornerback. Um, he can do those things for you. That's probably something that you want him to do. Uh, you probably mm-hmm. want him playing closer to box. You know, he uses that shoulder 
necessary equipment to make the quickly diagnose and uh, reach the ball carrier. Um, a guy that really sees things has a good sense of things, good field vision, good awareness, anticipation ability, um, trust his eyes. You know, you see some ball skills there too. Um, so he's got some ability. You know, as you see, he's um, a guy that's mentally alert. You know, he's always quick to react to things, very little hesitation. I think he deserves to get drafted. He's got nice size. He's got some nice versatility. Started four years. Um, there's certainly traits to work with with Dorn. Yeah, and you talk about good bloodlines. His dad, Torn Dorn, of course, had a successful career in the NFL with the San Diego Chargers. So um, there are a couple guys that uh, have, have been there, done that for a while for the Tar Heels, and now uh, hopefully they'll end up hearing their names called in uh, this year's NFL draft. So, hey, Daniel, thank you so much, man. Uh, as always, we love having you on, and you do some great work. Uh, where can people find your draft guide for this year, a loaded one, where, uh, as you told me, you went through 320 prospects, and uh, it's something that uh, people definitely will want to grab. So where can they grab it at? Yeah, absolutely. The best place to grab it is Amazon. It's You just type in DTP Draft Guide, 2020 Guide. You'll find it there on Amazon. And uh, like you mentioned, this is the uh, the most in-depth one I've done, the most amount of players I've done, by far the most amount of pages I've done. My reports are more uh, in-depth than I've ever done before. And uh, always come connect with me on Twitter. That's where I'm the most active, social media. Um, my uh, Twitter handle is DTP Draft Scout. You come find me on Twitter, and I'd love to connect, talk to you, answer any questions you have and just talk to draft or anything else you want to talk about. Well, I'll definitely be picking up my copy and getting ready for the NFL draft here. We are closing in. It'll be at the end of April, so still a little bit of time to get prepared, but make sure you guys pick up your copy today. So, hey, Daniel, thanks for stopping by with us, man. Uh, always great talking to you. Love that you're uh, you're able to come on this time every year and then just give us a look at our guys, and we hope to do it next year, and uh, there should be some really exciting guys next year, guys like Daz Newsom, Deami Brown, uh, even maybe Michael Carter and Javante Williams along with so many others so uh, it's only going to get better from here on out with Tar Heel football especially with everything that Mac Brown's doing so thanks once again man and we'll talk to you down the line absolutely take care guys all right all right, so that is Daniel Parlagreco stopping by with us. Of course, uh, as we mentioned, we've had Daniel on for each of the past two years. This is his third year back, and he does such a great job. Uh, again, you can pick that up anywhere. Um, uh, I know Amazon's the best place to get it, but if, if you can't find it, make sure uh, that you head to his social media page, DTP Draft Scout, and uh, he'll make sure he gets uh, a copy to you. So um, we want to thank him for stopping by with us. Of course, we encourage you guys to head to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. We'll have all the NFL draft coverage there for the Tar Heel guys. Um, but right now, a lot, a lot of recruiting stuff on the website. You can go back, read the Drake May commitment article, what he'll bring to the table when he arrives at Carolina. You can go back, also read Kobe Paysauer's commitment article from Saturday. Uh, he was a little bit of a surprise to many, but um, pretty much what he told inside Carolina was that if they got Drake May, he was coming. So, Carolina ends up landing his commitment, make sure you go back and read what he's going to bring to the table as a receiver in the 2021 class, and then it'll finish up, that's right, with uh, Eli Sutton's commitment article uh, from just uh, from on Sunday, so make sure you guys go back, read that one. Uh, really talented four-star offensive tackle from the state of Tennessee, the first Tar Heel commit outside the state of North Carolina in the 2021 class. Me and Zach Hubbard, uh, we're going to try to do a podcast here 
here uh, sometime later this week because there is some news coming out on Wednesday that we think you're going to like as well. It should be uh, potentially another name added to that 2021 class. So we're going to hold off until then, but um, we will make sure that we uh, get you a great edition of the podcast out sometime later this week. Um, also, uh, make sure that you guys check out everything else that we're doing on the website. We got some great stuff on there um, for the Toriel basketball team as they get ready for the ACC tournament. You can go back, read the Duke recap and uh, my analysis of the game. I know you don't want to read about the team losing, but you can read um, both of those and uh, we touch on how the Tar Heels can make a run in the ACC tournament. I know that Josh is going to have the preview up tonight and also there's an article up there about Garrison Brooks and Cole Anthony receiving uh, some honors today. Garrison Brooks, second team All-ACC in what was a really fantastic year for the junior big man who's going to take over as the leader next year, it would appear. And Cole Anthony, uh, third team All-ACC, despite a year that many considered as a, a disappointment. But if you go and look at the stats, it was a lot better than I think a lot of people um, realize. So make sure you guys go and check that out. And then, of course, we uh, we encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any episode. You won't miss that episode that we have coming up later this week. And, of course, we've also got you ready for spring uh, for spring ball. Me and Josh are going to be back to bring you all of the big-time headlines for spring practice. We're going to also talk about some of the great um, battles that will be going on in camp, and we will even talk a little bit about Sam Howell and his push to try to give Carolina their first Heisman. So, so uh, there's a ton coming up. Make sure you don't miss out on that. Head over to wherever you listen to this podcast and make sure you subscribe. So once again, want to thank Daniel Parler Greco for stopping by. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! we